The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Having returned to their separate homes, the mystery punchers are determining their next steps. Richter finished talking to a Nazi and looked into his sister's works. Adrian dealt with his fears that he killed his father's ghost, and Red faced a supernatural event even she could not deny. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. We haven't really done this in this show before, but uh, I've got a prologue for you. Uh, so the rain has continued to fall um, over Helmfirth uh, for days now, days and days. It's gotten heavier and heavier and heavier. And, you know, uh, people are used to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a waterside town. People are used to uh, sudden uh, weather patterns. And generally, uh, the, the people of Helmfirth are, are kind of hardy about it. You know, everyone just kind of puts up their collar, pops their umbrella, um, but there's one thing that's really hard to do in the rain, and that's to light a fucking cigarette. So our story begins 
tonight with um, a man who's kind of hunched over, um, wearing uh, he's he's got like uh, like a, a heavy raincoat on with his hood up, um, and uh, he's just actively trying to light a cigarette uh, in the shadows. It's, it's nighttime. Um, elsewhere in Elsewhere at Helmfirth, um, various uh, strange things are happening to all of you. Um, Red and uh, Adrian, you're dealing with what to do with the house. Uh, Richter, you're uh, reading deep into ancient um, Latin tomes. But here, down by the water, there's a man trying to light a cigarette. Um, now, a, a former sailor named Wesley happens to be walking along at just this moment. And uh, Wesley is, uh, he's been working in sort of um, ship repair for a while. Um, he's kind of using the experiences he had in the war to, to make the best of it and to make a, a life for himself. Um, but he's always been a helpful fellow. And so when he sees this man sort of hunched over trying to light this cigarette in the rain, uh, he feels it's kind of his duty to come help. And he's got a, a really nice kind of one of those classic army lighters. Uh, so he walks over and says, uh, pardon me, sir. It looks like you're having some trouble. Um, and the man looks up at him and with features that send a chill deep, deep into Wesley's body, he smiles and says, Oh, yes, you'll do just fine. Wesley disappeared that night. And the mystery punchers would hear about it the next day. So, uh, Red and uh, Adrian, you are in the Diesel House. Um, so you vanquished um, uh, the sweet, dear sweet caretaker old Stinky <laughs> Donovan, uh, as well as the ghost of OG Sprinkles. Um. What is your next course of action in this house? Do you, I mean, Adrian, you own this place, um, but you're still kind of spooked about what you saw in the mirror. Um, that said, this is your place. Yeah, I, I imagine we would have had like a long talk about like what ghosts are and what to do, because it would be very unsettling, I think, for either of us to not know where we stand in a situation. So Adrian would probably push for rules. Right. Which is like, if we know the ghost and they haven't tried to hurt us, we don't kill them. But if they try to hurt us, we kill then them. we can kill them. Because we also don't know if ghosts can look like other ghosts. <laughs> right. Because I imagine you'd bring up the, perhaps the Corbett disguise as a way to try to make me feel better. As maybe it wasn't murder or Donovan. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's fine. Would you keep the knife or would I take the knife back? Um. Well, I... I think I would like to keep the knife because in her brain, she's feeling like, like red doesn't like being scared. This mm -hmm. is not a thing that she's accustomed to feeling or showing or admitting. So I think right at this point, she's like, fucking God, fuck, like, no, no, no. We are going to this attic because all the creepy things happen in the attic and we're searching this entire house and we're facing our fears today. <laughs> Let's get rid of these stupid ghosts. And so like, I think she's like, you know, fists up, knife in hand, just being like, all right, Adrian, we are going to get to the bottom of this house and we are going to go all the way to the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then his typical response. Okay. Yeah. So Red, I'm imagining you walking around the house uh, like Solid Snake in oh, the Metal yeah. Gear games. We've got like the knife under your gun, thousand um, percent, just in case you have to do any CQC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember the fundamentals of CQC. That's right. Um, 
so you clear the house and it, it, it truly does feel untouched. Um, but the more you investigate, it is very clear that no one's been living here for quite some time. The, the beds are untouched. Um, all of the water, when you kind of try and run it, like the taps don't quite work. Um, it is remarkable to you that the, uh, the gate moved. So there does seem to have been something else afoot, but unfortunately there's no one to ask about it. Um, so you manage to clear the rest of the house. You don't find anything else uh, tremendously scary. Um, the place does feel like it was kept up for a while. Like it's not as though it was left in situ from when his parents died. Um, cause old Sinky Donovan clearly kind of held the place together as long as he could. When you do go out into the backyard, you do find his, his body. Um, and, uh, it seems that, um, there was sort of a, a small, um, urn by the, uh, sprinkles grave that he seemed to have been constantly filling with flowers. So it seems that on his final day, he went out to, to refill that. And, uh, and that's kind of where, where he dropped, um, the only bit of business that's probably worth noting, two questions, I guess. One is, do you think you would have gone into Adrian's room? I think I would have gone into every room of this house. Okay. So, um, Red, you, you're you doing the kind of like classic clearing thing that you would do in any kind of dangerous situation that, that you've been in um, from your... your uh, rum running days. Yeah, and I'm just clomping along behind is like a guy <laughs> who doesn't get it. Uh, and this is all going fine until you um, get to a door with a chalkboard hanging on it um, that has uh, the private residence of Adrian Diesel written in very like nice calligraphy. You don't really notice it though because you're just like clearly clearing, clearing, clearing. Um, you crack open the door and suddenly you're staring pretty much into the past. You're staring at the remnants of the boy you knew. Um, uh, Ryan, what do you think little Addie Diesel's room looked like? I think there's a, a, like a probably a quarter of it would be like old science experiments. Cause if he's the guy who's built like a Morse code thing or other stuff, there'd be like old yeah. wire work, like kind of constructed stuff. There's probably like a traditional radio that's been built. Like when you go into somebody's place and you see them like with a half built computer with sure, no protection, yeah. there's just like that. Probably like a train set, like some little kid shit that he probably would have hidden if he'd ever had friends over, but he was really <laughs> confident they wouldn't, so he could have all his old lame like stuffed animals and other shit around. Um, I think there'd also just be like posters on the wall, and some of them would be from like the old serials or like plays. There might be like some of the ones from like Flapper Girls or whatever, because he was they were closing on like what twelve when the stuff went down. Yeah, around that. Yeah, so he might he might have had an illicit fifteen. 15, yeah. 12, well, yeah, so yeah. something illicit in that range. Uh, and I think he also would have, like, drawings of his friends that would be surprisingly good from that era. So there are, like, drawings of them that are slightly more heroic and probably handsome than they were, especially Adrian himself. <laughs> but it's still very flattering of everybody else because I feel like even if he drew the group, he would see himself as, like, a supporting character right, to yeah, his yeah. Fast Five yeah, he, he's like Xander to the Buffy crew. Yeah, that's where he would see himself, yeah. definitely. Cool. Um, uh, and he has a stuffed panda that is oh. about a foot tall that he probably like slept with every night that's still on the bed. The little threadbare. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little worn. Yeah, <laughs> threadbare because it's a panda. Um, okay, yeah, so you find all that. Um, also uh, on your desk, um, there is a small metal ring. Um, with several kind of rings uh, on the face of it. Uh, they seem to have a number of letters and symbols. 
uh, as well as sort of a um, a stack of, I guess, it, yeah, it wouldn't really be notebooks at that point. So just kind of loose leaf paper. Um, and uh, it seems that uh, Adrian was in the process of decoding something. And um, beside that, you see um, a letter with a broken seal on it. Um. She's going to be respectful about it and just, and, and, you know, like before she entered the room, you know, kind of just being like, may I come in kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, oh wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that bear was for someone else. That was someone <laughs> else's bear. Uh, and then I'm going to pick that up and also put it inside my coat. What was the bear's name? Uh, Panda. Nice. You name him when you're young. It's, it's what it is. Uh, I'm going to pick up the ring and just kind of hold it up and be like, do you remember this? Yeah, that's where letters come from that are different than other letters. Accurate. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to set it back down. Um, I, I think it's safe to say, like, if it's an object of interest, and, and but it's also not really your thing, knowing that you've got Captain Old Brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, uh, like, kind of just be like, I'm going to I'm going to take some of these things off your desk and... Uh, and keep them for now, if that's okay with you. That's fine. I'm not smart enough for those anymore. Oh, don't you say that. Okay, then give me the ring. Let's see what I can do. <laughs> I mean, I will hand him the ring and the papers. And yeah, all right. Just so, uh, Ryan, I'm going to need you to roll me. Sorry, Claire. I just really need him to do this. Nope. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> let's go with library use. Okay, here we go. Uh, and I spin it a couple of times, and I look at papers, and I spin the ring some more. Yeah. Uh, oh, so close. I rolled a 26, and I needed 20. <sighs> I mean, you've got luck, but I don't know that you care about this. Mm. I know, like, Ryan as player does, but I don't know if this is an Adrian. I think he doesn't know what the fuck it is. So yeah. for him, this is an <laughs> abstract task. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, Adrian, you, uh, you, like you're spinning it idly. Um, and it's one of those classic things where like, if the camera was over your shoulder, um, we'd see you make out the letters A, M, B, R. Uh, and then you're just like, no, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> just give up. <laughs> I told you I'm too stupid. Um, so, uh, Red, you take the, the ring, the papers. And the, I'd like to open that letter. The letter. Uh, so the letter is written in code. Um, however, you see that the seal is an ornate letter A in like ancient wax because it's been a while. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, we're bringing this to Richter. Yeah. Uh, you do notice, though, that uh, on the front of the envelope, there's no return address, um, but it is addressed to uh, like Mr. Adrian V. Diesel, Esquire, and then his address. All right. Uh, you were very fancy back then. Yes, yeah, addressed to my dad. He was a lawyer. That's what Esquire means. I thought you made pants. He was a pants lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> they were always on fire. Well, I'm going to have to repair these pants thanks to your old cat. Uh, like... What cat? Sprinkles is right yeah, here. Clarabelle Sprinkles like looks at you and gives you like a pretty sassy like. Wow. Yeah. This, this Don't is... you look at me like that? <laughs> no, so, like, Sprinkles looks really offended. Like, no, no, that that wasn't about you. That was about like shitty ghost sprinkles. 
And then Sprinkles goes up and like in a begrudging way only cats can kind of like licks at the shredded pant leg and then kind of rubs against your leg. <sighs> I'm sure glad you're the one carrying Sprinkles around. Yeah. Oh, that letter could have been to me because sometimes when you wanted to order the flapper girl posters, you had to say you were old. And I figured if you're old and fancy, you get better dirty posters. Please don't tell anyone I have dirty posters. I promise I won't. Okay, because I am not a lawyer. <laughs> you you don't need one for... You know what? It's our little secret. Um, so, Red, you take another cursory look around the room before you leave, and you see the drawings um, that uh, little Addie made of, of everyone. Um, Ryan, do you think... You, do you think he had a crush on anyone in the group, or is it just kind of like a, a friend admiration for everybody? I think he had a crush on Red, but you would have to kill him before he would ever <laughs> admit it. Yeah, so, yeah, great. That's what I thought as well. Uh, so I think, Claire, it's very apparent to you in the drawing that in in that classic, like, like I, I was fucking this teenager. Like, I was 100% this teenager, so I'm sure everyone else was too. Um, like, <laughs> you're, he, you're four times as drawn as anyone else. Amazing. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, it's clearly like, you know, he, he barely bothered with the details on Benny. But like he he really seems to have captured you in a in an interesting light, mm-hmm. and it's not like there's like a fucking stupid heart around it or anything, but it's just um, there's there's more care taken to it, mm-hmm. and there seems to be an interest in actually capturing the idea of you rather than just the details of you, if that makes any sense. Yep. Uh, but it's also like the you of yesteryear. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, she she just kind of stares at the pictures and just kind of sighs. And closes her eyes and looks really sad for a moment, like a brief moment, and then just kind of nods her head and, yep, okay, that was the past. Oh, man. Um, so you, uh, you put it back down, um, and as you do, uh, you see the picture of Sally. And for some reason, the eyes have been scratched out. Cut to Richter. Uh, <laughs> so, Richter, you've been you've been up late reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say we're gonna include because uh, I, I fucked up how much mythos you get from that first one. Um, we're gonna include the corporate journal in that first sort of hit of six sanity six uh, mythos. Okay. Um, so, Corbett's journal is uh, incoherent in a way the other book wasn't. Um, the other book seemed to be uh, if we're talking like weird, creepy Latin tomes. Uh, it was written on expert mode. Uh, this really does feel like um, someone meddling with stuff that they shouldn't shouldn't be. Um, that said, as you read it and you see the dates, like you you come to realize how truly ancient he was. Like that he'd um, really had been been alive for quite some time. Uh, that said, he didn't pull like a Resident Evil and just write down in his journal like. Oh, wow, I can't believe the T-Virus lab. <laughs> oh, boy, what a bunch of characters. There's my boss, Dr. Evil, <laughs> and my buddy, Albert Wesker. <laughs> He's also a cop, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> anyway, I'm dying now. Here's my journal. Um, but he uh, he does seem to weirdly express um, a lot of uh, sort of almost sarcasm and, and uh, uh, some... Um, almost like haughty sentiments towards um, some of the more mythological things he talks about, but uh, particularly the church. 
it, it he talks uh, a little bit about like having dealings with them and particularly dealing with um, uh, Michael Tom, like the, uh, the pastor, right? Uh, Mike, was he reverend or pastor? I can't remember. Anyway, Tom don't know religious terms. Um, he was Pastor Michael Thomas. Pastor, yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> first try, then not on second or third try. Then back <laughs> first, to first try, try, then nervous. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom McGee story. Um, yeah, so uh, it mentions dealings with him and that uh, he seems to be offering a fair, fair deal, quote, as long as I go along with his wackadoodle bullshit. Mm. Um, but he says that uh, uh, the pastor has, has managed to, to assist him quite a bit. Um, you also do see the symbol of the eye uh, that you saw in the church. Um, he seems to have sketched it, but uh, in, for lack of a better term, a kind of sarcastic way. Like if you're just doodling something, you've seen a bunch in the margin of a book. Um, and underneath he's written, look at me, I'm a spooky eye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who the fuck is he writing this for? <laughs> Himself, he's yeah. one of those he's guys. Very who's, oh, boy, yeah, he's narcissistic, huh? journaling for yeah. himself. I mean, he did try to murder a bunch of people just because he liked his house a lot. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And then he considered being trapped in the basement for decades a win. Yeah. <laughs> Which really, like, in his character files, I'm like, yeah, he just really wanted to live in that house, so he just <laughs> possessed it. I'm like, wow. fuck, did it just have like a, a jacuzzi or something that you didn't find? <laughs> it's it's tricky to get something that faces that exactly northwards. I know? mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah, easy to you. find a place where blood drops down, but when you find a house where the blood drops up, that's a real you keep turns that. out the Macrios work. just went crazy reading this. Self-aggrandizing <laughs> drivel. <laughs> just like he's a bad writer. We <laughs> should go. I would rather be in Roxbury. Um, <laughs> cool. So that's kind of what you get from the tomes. Um, and then I think, uh, kind of with with that, and, and with with uh, thoughts of um, Ingrid, uh, you make your way to bed. Uh, Adrian and Red. Um, I think you've. You've kind of like closed the house up now. You, you, you've sort of seen what you need to see. Uh, I think you kind of give a, a quick burial to old Stinky Donovan uh, next to next to Sprinkles. Um, do you... Here's the, I mean, here's the big question. A, uh, Adrian, I'm going to say you've been avoiding mirrors the whole time. Oh, since, 100%. Since Smashing Mirror. Um, but it is your house. So I've got, kind of got like a, a team question. Uh, even though Richter, you're not here. Like Tyler, as player playing Richter, you can chime in. Um, Burn well, it down. <laughs> well, where do you want the the headquarters to be for the Mystery Punchers? Where are you guys going to set up shop? Um, Richter obviously has his house. There's Richter's yep. store. But in terms of the two of you, um, Adrian, you own this house, so the space is yours. Um, Red, you have the keys to Benny's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, he does seem to be behind on rent, so you need to figure out a way to pay for that. But it seems like Adrian. And we talked about this earlier, but like he has a bunch of money. We'll figure out why he has it later. He's got it now. It's it's here. He can literally just go to the bank and withdraw money because he's essentially he's a, like a the pants magnet. Yeah, he's a, he's a pants magnet. Um, I mean, I know Red would be like, "We're staying at this fancy house. There's probably a nice bathtub and like, and the ghosts are gone." I would so. say honestly, based on the logic that we've seen, I think. Adrian would also agree with this because whenever we've killed the ghost, the house goes normal and it doesn't feel weird anymore. And with two houses like that, he's like nailed it. Yeah, great. So he would have made Red take all the mirrors out and put them in like the the external, not attached shed. Sure. Right. Like there's no mirrors in the house. That's, you open the shed. It's a given. Uh, you take so yeah. You, you drag all the mirrors out. You open the shed, uh, and inside you see uh, a very nice uh, cot. 
um, and there's sort of a small wood fire stove, um, and there's kind of like half of it is, is just shed tools. Um, but uh, you get the sense that old Stinky Donovan probably lived in here. Oh. Uh, it also has a flapper poster and a ring, but the ring's been discarded. Huh. Uh, well, what do you think? Um, keep your house. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you guys are both quite comfortable there. Um, I just don't think she like, like Reb would be uncomfortable being like, okay, Rector, now we're taking over your house. And also like, this isn't her house. So she would never feel comfortable. Well, does there. the baby make sense then to run? We might live at Adrian's and work at yeah, Richter, sure. Like, yeah. Cause he's got all his research yeah. and all his run books. The operations. And so. Yeah. Well, that's and, really fair. Okay. So then the next question is, do you want to run the operations out of his house or out of, uh, Helmforth curiosities? Why don't we choose neutral ground in the middle? We're running out of the curiosities, or do you have the more papers at the house? Wherever the most useful shit would I be is think where it's we want to be. Probably all at the house. Keeping in mind, and I mean, I'm I'm meta narrative. That's fine. This, this is what bit, we're all doing. Obviously, we're we're getting to a point where um, you're going to start investigating the mysteries of Helmfirth and trying to figure out what happened to Benny. Um, also, the people of Helmfirth are going to start to become aware with Kenneth not flapping his gums. Uh, that you are capable solvers of mysterious bullshit, and there's plenty of mysterious bullshit to go around. Ooh. So keeping in mind, you might have clients showing up. So then would we okay. use Helmfirth as a front? I'm also wondering if Richter would want random strangers showing up to his house, because that's something Both we've established a front he for fucking what? hates. Just for whatever we want to do. I'm just thinking in like terms, this ends up being like you and I discussing criminal stuff in an outside of Adrian way, but I'm like, oh. would we set up the idea of like Helmforth Curiosities? We're here to talk about this artifact, but we're really here to talk about how you're the fucking mayoral candidate. We want to punch you. Oh, yeah, I'm down with that. Artifacts and protection <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um you want to know what i can unleash with this stone that's that's something that i hadn't considered no richter would not want people coming to his house asking for shit are you fucking kidding me no way he would let i that... mean i remember how he felt about those spoons yeah no oh, I was gonna man. Say, but if he wouldn't volunteer his store oh he would he, he okay. would he's uh, sorry i'm just saying don't come to my house with your requests of like oh there's yeah i think like you guys would still gather in the same way you, you'd have benny over for tea but it's yeah. it's it's different. It's like yeah. Jo- there's a workplace and there's yeah. home I mean, I- entirely ripping this from Buffy. It's like it's how Giles oh, yeah. operates in the later seasons, where it's like, yeah, come to my weird fucking magic shop and we'll talk shop. And then if you need to sort out some shit away from prying eyes, we'll fuck off to a house. But yeah, let's Buffy it up. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the antiquity and mystery shop thing right. is is great. Yeah, yeah. Ready, okay. ready the ghost slayer. shop. Awesome. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. 
So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us and I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Um, so you, uh, you set up, uh, the house then, um, and in like Grand Theft Auto terms, this is when like the camera pans out and shows you different angles of the place you bought and or stole. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you get settled, um, would you stay in your old childhood bedroom or do you pick a new room? Uh, I would stay probably in my childhood bedroom. It's unsettling, but I think Adrian would not be someone to move into his parents' room and the other two are guest rooms. So he would feel like that's where he's supposed to be. It would still creep him out a little bit. Uh, okay, cool. So go ahead and add six sanity, please. It's unsettling, but it's also weirdly comforting. And I think particularly for Adrian and the kind of trauma that you've experienced, weirdly reconnecting with your, your childhood self is helpful. Yeah, he likes rules. Yeah, well, it's also somewhat healing. It's, it's not having to reach kind of back through your memory. It's literally like yeah, cool. living in it. Um, and Red, for the first time in what feels like an age, you have yourself a proper bath. Uh, and it's like a clawfoot tub. Um, it takes the water a little bit to get going. Um, but uh, this is a luxury that I don't think you've ever truly known as a person, just to have kind of a casual ability to do this. I think you've probably stayed in a fancy hotel once or twice when you're doing like, business, riding high, or you're just like you pulled off a good score and you're like, tonight's oh, bath yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't have to bathe in the sewer this evening. <laughs> It was a nice sewer hideout, okay? It was. <laughs> spared most expense. Um, <laughs> cool. So um, the two of you, despite kind of the trials and tribulations of the day, um, actually spend a, a pretty relaxed night um, together. So um, you awake the next day, uh, Red, you're surprised to find uh, sprinkles curled up at your feet. Um And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Sprinkles is now wearing, like, ghost sprinkles... Uh, collar like OG Sprinkles collar. It hasn't changed anything. It's just like that's, a- that's Sprinkles collar. Probably forgot the, that that collar had come from the ghost. And he was like, "Oh, you switched them. This is the one with your name on it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like the cat's possessed, but it just wearing a more <laughs> character appropriate collar. I don't know. You bought the DLC. You might as well enjoy it. Um, <laughs> so um, the two of you kind of um, spend the morning getting ready. Uh, and I think it's, it's kind of your first day of like, uh, Red, you, you need to get downtown to deal with this mayoral stuff. Um, and I think, um, you know, a quick phone call to, um, uh, Richter, uh, you fill him in on, on the plan. Um, Richter, do you think you would tell them about what happened the night before? Over the phone? No. Okay. That hand is coming with me. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. And, uh, Red and Adrian, would you tell Richter about what happened? Yeah. 
Yeah. Not over the phone, though. No, no, no. This is all in person. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you guys are a crew now. It's good. The mystery punchers are back. Yeah. Baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wicked. So um, you all uh, reconvene at um, Helmforth Curiosities. Uh, it is a bitch to get there because the rain is just fucking coming down. And it's the sky has gotten darker and darker. And it's almost like the clouds are such a dark gray that it's almost a black sky now. And it's just low clouds, pissing rain. Um so you arrive at home for curiosity. Uh, you catch each other up, I think, on on everything that happened. Uh, I'll give you kind of a couple beats to, if there's anything you want to chime in with or questions you want to ask each other. Obviously, we as players have been sitting around the table, but all of them were yeah. in disparate locations. So uh, let's start with Richter. Richter tells his story um, about Benny and his visitor. Do you tell him about Ingrid? Um I don't think I explain Ingrid, but I you, you hear me right, mention like, course, yeah. and he said it was from Ingrid, and I, I like I just keep going with my story. Right. Um, oh well, that's the first thing I'm picking up on. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I mean, uh, I I got two questions for you, yeah. Victor. Uh, who is Ingrid, and are you going? Ingrid uh, is my sister, and I I don't know if I'm going yet. Um, did There's you still work to be done here, but... Dark forces wait for no one? Was that the phrase that he used? That was the phrase he used, yes. I don't know if he was being silly or or what. He was, he was a very, just overall, silly man. But they wait for no one, as in... The, your sister is working with dark forces. And, and what are these things that you were working on with her that she's solved now? I mean, I don't really know what she's talking about there. We didn't work together on, on much of anything. I mean, we used to, as children, uh, share, like, stories and... Uh, about what? Uh, she went to uh, school, um, mm-hmm. and I did not. Uh, we lived on a farm, and so I would read uh, the... Uh, Can I hold Benny's hand? Yeah, yeah, and I, like, toss, like, casually like, oh. toss him the hand. <laughs> uh, the hand is so clean. Nice. <laughs> uh... I'm going to pet it gently while I listen. No, that's fair. I owned a number of the uh, grim fairy tales, fairy tales, excuse me. Uh, and she would go to school and we would come back and kind of compare our different uh, perspectives of them. That is really the only collaborative work we did. We, we kind of bound our own book together of, of the, t- the tales and the science that might be related to it and scientific anomalies and, you know, fairy tales that might... Explain it. It was, it was a childish way to while away the hours. That's I all. I see. I just, I worry is all that this man shows up out of the blue talking about a sister you haven't spoken to in decades. The eve that we get back into the city and start into the town. The eve that we get back into town and start fighting the ghosts of our past. Yeah. So it, it, timing it, is. Benny gave him the finger, right? Uh, and this whole time I've been like petting the hand and trying to do high fives and trying to shake the hand because I just be want it to react in some way. careful with that. That belonged to our friend. It still belongs if he's, uh, if he's alive. Yeah. We can put it back on. I buried that thing prematurely. But So he gave him the, fi- the, bad, the bad guy, got the finger? I don't know what specifically is a hand did, but I did get a general feeling of hostility from, I think... Benny towards this man. I mean, I'm always just kind of generally hostile towards new faces anyway, so it's kind of a wash. But it was very troubling. Um, 
you know, the more I think about it, the fact that this Reinheimer knew where to find me. I I moved around a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and my correspondence with Ingrid uh, ended many years ago before coming to Helmfort. And that is why, in my life, I do not believe in things like coincidences. Okay, no, I thought you were going to say you don't believe in letters. Uh, yeah, that is why I don't believe in writing and receiving letters. I don't believe in letters or numbers or colors. <laughs> Correspondence. <laughs> I've got one question, yeah. and then I've got one idea. Shoot. Can we make more of that ghost-killing knife? Because we've got one knife, and we've got three of us. Yeah, tell me more about um, the ghosts. Uh, the fact that you were able to... Um, the fact that it seemed almost benign uh, is intriguing to me. That's why we don't kill the ghosts that seem nice until they try to kill us now. We made an agreement. Yeah, that's the rule. You got to agree to the rule. What's the name of the rule? It's Adrian's rule. <laughs> uh, sure. How about... I research and provide uh, context for you on whether a spirit or paranormal being will be nice or... And um, Richter, like, mulls over the proper word to use for Adrian. Uh, Naughty. Okay, so you agree that if it doesn't try to kill us, we don't kill it. And then if it tries to kill us, we kill it. And I gesture to my shelf of many various tomes and leather-bound books, and I say, but also, if any of my books says it is, is a, a naughty ghost, um, we won't wait for it to harm us. We will uh, take action first. Because some things look sweet, but are actually foul. Like that time I ate the apple with a worm in it, and that's why I don't eat apples no more. Exactly. That is Adrian's rule. <laughs> <laughs> I had two rules. No <laughs> apples. We call the other one the Donovan Protocol. Don't, don't kill ghosts that are nice to you. Uh... And can we make it more knife, though? Because it, it, we don't know if anything else can hurt the ghost, but it did real good. Can I examine this knife? Sure. Um, so you take the, the knife over to kind of one of your tables. Um, it definitely has some kind of occult power to it, um, but you're not, you're not sure whether it's enchanted or whether it's been treated with something. Unfortunately, like I think because magic became real for you two days ago, Yeah. It's it. You get the sense, much like you have with a lot of objects. Like there's probably something about this. But just, just for how I'm visualizing this knife, they yep. picked. She picked it up in the kitchen. So up to this point, I've been imagining a kitchen knife. No, this uh, is the one that no. floated through the air and was stabbing you. In yeah, the back. this is she uh, caught it. Oh, she's Corbett's blade. Sorry, yep. I thought you picked up, took uh, the knife from from you. Uh, Got it. Got no, because okay. I've been carrying the knife that I killed the ghost I with. Didn't follow the, the yeah, narrative yeah, of the, the knife. enchanted blade. Got it. Okay, so it does look like some kind of ceremonial dagger or yeah, some shit. Yeah, like and okay. uh, if you remember, it did have the insignia of the eye on it. Right, um, but it looked like it had been added later. Okay, I guess all I could do is, I mean, I'm just holding it in my hand, and maybe I'm holding like a magnifying glass up to mm. the kind of thing, looking for anything. Um, Addie, the best I can do right now is um, compare this to what I have in my texts here and see if there is a match, and then I can tell you more about the knife. Okay, let's do that later, but give it back to Red, because she's the most scared. Of course. Um, So... Ooh, that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Do you take the knife? Oh, yes. Cool. (laughs) Um, So, Adrian, you've been kind of, like, helping, like, move books around and make space and everything else. 
Um, and uh, you hand the knife off to Red. Uh, and then uh, suddenly behind you, um, you hear the sound of uh, flint, uh, like metal and flint. Uh, and you turn to see Benny's hand wrapped around a lighter um, with a single flame flickering. Uh, and then you hear uh, kind of the jingle of bells uh, at the front entrance of the the shop. Uh, I'll walk out to uh, greet our customer. Uh, so you walk out, and there's a woman who is drenched. Uh, she's clearly um, soaking wet. Um, uh, obviously, most people are soaking wet right now in this town. Um, but uh, this in particular uh, seems to be a, a particularly rainy day. Um, and, uh, she is very distraught. Uh, you can see her, her makeup's running and, um, she says, Oh, um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking for a friend of mine. I was told perhaps she was here. Um, is, is, is Tracy here? Tracy. Uh, I can't remember if Victor knows Tracy and Red. You, yes, because you, you she called, was, you she called was Tracy her that as a child. She was, you, uh, I think when you ran into her for the first time, you're like, Tracy. She's like, oh, it's yes. Red. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. That's fine. Let's go. My bad, listeners. Sorry. Um, yeah, you, you're looking for... I'll, I'll say kind of loudly. Oh, you're looking for Tracy. Um, yeah, I, I need her help, I think. And... If you still won't come out, Richter kind of doesn't know <laughs> how you want to play this, so he'll just loudly repeat, oh, and you would like her help with something. And I'm going to reach out and take Benny's hand and go, maybe Benny knows that she needs fire. Uh, and then I'll carry Benny's hand and be like, this is Benny. Uh, and she screams, uh, and then she looks up and she goes, oh my god, Adrian? Yeah. And what... Is that one of the curiosities that the shop is named for? Yeah, and I'll just pick it up <laughs> and, and like blow out the, the light uh, uh, and be like, yeah, uh, d- very convincing. And uh, I'll, I'll walk it to the back. She she kind of looks almost longingly at She's like, oh, it's very realistic and reminds me of uh, one my husband brought back from the war. Uh, actually, that's, that's why I'm here. Um, it, it's my, my husband, uh, uh, Wesley. Um, Wesley Wilcox. You, you always used to call him uh, WW, uh, Double W. <laughs> remember, remember him? Okay, he's um, he's he's gone missing. Uh, a few people have actually in the past few days, and no one seems to be doing anything about it. I was hoping maybe this was a, a a mystery you could kick. You were the mystery kickers, right? That was your thing. No, but that was a good try. Okay, I, I punched re- the mysteries. Okay. Do I recognize this man's name? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. This is. Uh, I'd yeah. like to think that I've like kind of. Totally, yeah, yeah. So you recognize her, uh, and you recognize uh, his name. Um, Little Wesley Wilcox was, uh, you know, those those kids that like they're friends with friends of yours, and everyone kind of called him uh, Double W, and like they kind of made fun of him for that. But he he was just kind of like a pleasantly generic guy, just seemed always kind of helpful, middle of the grade, kind of the kind of guy who's never really going to leave town. this lady you recognize as, uh, or at least kind of vaguely recognize as uh, um, Ginny Stevens, um, who was um, one of the girls that um, Sally would occasionally study with. Um, you remember Ginny being very smart um, and uh, not really someone that you would hang out with so much, but definitely someone that Sally spoke highly of. But in kind of a weird, muted way, so as not to like make it seem like she thought she was cooler than you, but just kind of a, oh, like we had, you know, she's really smart. She helped me with this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you want us to find him or just, like, make the people who made him disappear go to sleep? Look, if anybody made him disappear, then I, I want you to kill them. I don't want you to put them to sleep. Oh, I, I can only do that if they got the eyeball on them. Adrian. Oh, I gotta go. Tracy, is that you? And, yeah, I'm gonna step out into the shop. Like, oh, you look so different. Hello, Jenny. Um, uh, Tracy, are you okay? I mean, you look like a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'd love to think that I've become one. Well, that's uh, good. I, uh, what's with your accent? I go by red now. If there's one thing you need to understand about me, that's my name. Okay. Well, if there's one thing you need to understand about me, I, I need to find out what the fuck happened to my husband. And to, th- there's weird things happening in this town, and no one seems to talk about them except him. And she points at Richter. And she's kind of creeped out. Well, like, She leans in. She's like, old man Richter. Is a valuable member of the team. Oh, the mystery punchers, as I understand it. That's right. Grandpa Richards with the mystery punchers. Okay. Well, whatever team this is, tell, tell me more about these disappearing people. Well, I mean, I don't know much other than just hearing hearing talk. There, there's been some posters put up. Uh, the police said to, to be on the lookout for some people. But um, I, none of that mattered to me until uh, uh, Wesley didn't come home last night. He uh, he should have been off off his uh, his shift down at the um, the shipworks, but uh, he he just he never made it home. And I I've, I've told the police, but I I think I feel like I can just you ever get a feeling? I just get a feeling something horrible's happened to him, and I, I need to know. I prefer to deal in facts, but Richter, have you heard anything about these disappearances? Um, all of this, the timeline she's describing is basically over the course of time that you guys have been, like, basically since Corbett House. Oh, disappearing, like, in the last couple of like, days? Like, literally the last couple of days, yeah. Dang, yeah. all right. Okay, so what are you going to pay us? I mean, we, we don't have much, but um, I'm sure we could settle on a, an agreeable fee. It's okay. I got a big house, so, like, I'll pay rent for you. <laughs> okay. No, no, you know what? We can work out the terms later. Okay. Uh, but that's very kind of you, Adrian. Um, where would... This is not what I expected to do today, but... Mm, where <laughs> was your husband last seen? Um, he works at, uh, at the shipyards. Um, they're, uh, and she kind of describes... You vaguely remember them from when you were a kid. Um, they're uh, down on the waterside. Um, I think, like, I've been saying, like, but I, I really, like... I think if you're in Massachusetts, it's probably the ocean. Do not ask us about <laughs> where Massachusetts is. You, you know, the dockyards that exist Look, in every small yeah. town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a shipyard. Maybe it's built during the war. Who knows? It's a fishing town. I don't care. Yeah, if this um, is Cthulhu, we got to be on the coast. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I've, yeah. I've been thinking. Like, you're not a full coast town, but like, you're, you're a stop along the way. Uh, I think, like in in Canadian terms, it's like the St. Lawrence. So there's like plenty of plenty logging of logging and other stuff going on. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so she describes where where um, he was last seen and um, gives you a description of him, which you know you you vaguely remember. Um, and um, she says, but just just for me, I mean, I know you you prefer to deal in facts, but keep an eye out. Um, he's been talking about some some weird clients the past couple nights, and uh, I just I'm just worried. What does he do for work? Um, well, uh, after he got back uh, from serving the Navy, he's, uh, he's been helping to, uh, repair ships. As you know, there's a lot of upkeep. And weird how exactly 
these clients. It, it's just things have been real quiet here the last little while, and, and suddenly uh, business has spiked. I don't know. He he said um, he had some clients in from um, what's that? Oh, what's that city down the coast? Um, uh, Innismouth. <laughs> uh, were any of the clients named Ronnie Heimer? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't go to work with him. I, I, I have my own job. And have you heard of a man named Kenneth Knott? Oh, that insufferable salesman? Yes. Yes, he's tried to buy my house three times. Hmm. Do you know where he gets his money? Because he hasn't actually sold a house. No, I don't That's know where he gets his money. Very astute observation, which we will be asking him the next time I see him. Uh, Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to hurry this along, but... Um, I, uh, I I really do need to get going. I, I, this this is all very upsetting to me, but also, uh, fortunately, my my boss is is very um, he's very particular, and uh, particularly with with Wesley missing, I I don't know what else I'll, I'll do for money. So, um, I you know just uh, as you know, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Jacobson is a is a is a very important man. So uh, I'd, I'd be happy to answer more questions, but I can't do them right now. I mean. As you know, the uh, the campaign trail waits for no man. That's uh, that's what he always says. The campaign trail. Oh uh, yes, I, I work as a secretary for uh, Tallahassee Jacobson the eighth. You know the the TJ campaign. No, I don't actually. We've just most recently come into town. Oh well, um, he's a good candidate, and I think he's going to do good things for this town. But not if he fires me. So and he's going to be the mayor, you say? Well, he's certainly in the running, and he's he's got. Big plans. One last question before you, I let you go. And I kind of, I flick the knife out in probably what is an alarming... Oh, Jesus. Display, like, and kind of hand it to her. Well, I don't hand it to her, but um, have you, do you recognize the symbol on this knife? Have you seen it before? The uh, last few days, And she perhaps? kind of squints at it and she's like, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. It's kind of weird, like, religious thing. Listen, I, I go to church all the time, and I, I don't really know that one. And she flips it back and, uh, never mind. Thank you for your honesty. Richter will uh, walk out with a Ouija board kind of tucked under his arm uh, and uh, just say, uh, Miss Stevens, uh, do you have a photo of your husband? Um, I, not on me, no. I didn't want to take it out in the rain. Was there any missing person posters out? Oh, well, he just went missing last night, so not yet. Not yet, all right. I'm, tr- I'm going to try and stop by at lunch. Okay, could you please uh, at some point provide us this uh, a, a recent photo of, of Wesley? Uh, sure, yeah. Does do he that. look like he used to, but just bigger? Yes. Okay, I know what he looks I like. I mean, it, it's it's funny. He, he always says he looks like his own dad, but I just don't see it. She says, anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I might be seeing you at your workplace. That'd be lovely. I'd love to get an update at work. <laughs> and then she leaves. Yeah, Benny's hand says goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it looks like somebody working for a mayor-to-be, perhaps, her husband goes missing. I'm starting to think that this was a poor decision coming back to this town. I don't know. We got a house. But then I almost killed my dad. <laughs> I think this is all quite exciting, actually. So are we going to the docks, or are we going to punch the mayor guy, or are we going to punch the German guy? I think... I think if people are disappearing at what appears to be a very rapid pace, perhaps that should be our first priority. Well, I'm punching everybody. <laughs> 
And so the mystery punchers set out to punch their next case. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish please try to get some sleep tonight i've been trying to sleep all week nothing helps you could try sleep sound no thanks you've had enough nightmares for the both of us let me go Come on, the medication has nothing to do with that. I haven't had a bad dream in ages. <laughs> Ever since your highly problematic affair in Idaho? Oh my god, never stop. Nothing happened. Nothing happened? Well, you still haven't told me who you're bringing to graduation. Oh, your heart is racing. How can you tell? You're lying on top of me. What if I don't want anyone else to know yet? And it wasn't a bad dream? I don't know. Christopher, you know. Can't you appreciate that I'm trying to help you here? Thanks for the pills, Lils. Dreamers, Season 2 by Broken Crown Productions. Tune in weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. 